Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1712. Today, we're going racing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, with a very special guest by the name of Alex Berg. Alex, welcome to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun today. Now, before I do a proper introduction for you, Alex, I want you to share one little thing with the listeners here that maybe most people don't know about you. Well, one thing that people probably don't know about me isn't to do with racing. It'll probably be, I'm very into music. I play guitar, drums, and saxophone. Music is second to racing in my life. No kidding. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, you probably see since we're on Skype, there's a little guitar hanging on the wall over my shoulder here. Yeah, that's a Fender Stratocaster. Uh, It's a limited edition model they made, and you'll like this, Alex. It's titled the Hot Rod version, and it's actually painted candy apple red. The pick guard is an engine-turned-black aluminum which is kind of cool. So it has kind of a racing theme, if you will. But yeah, I grew up uh, playing the guitar, but I didn't play all the other instruments that you play. So that is very cool. Well, music is certainly a fun thing, and it's a great thing to probably change your focus a bit off the racetrack onto something a little different. Is that right? Well, actually, my dad has a Stratocaster as well. I play on that all the time. It's from like 91 or some something like that. But it's less of that, but to keep my kind of coordinate skills when I can't like to keep my coordinate skills active when I can't be on the track yeah it'd be hard to see it's hard to like see that unless you're like me who can see it like physically oh sure in a first person view it really helps me I could see why your hand finger coordination you're thinking all the time with music you're always thinking ahead what's coming next although when you have muscle memory with music like you do I would assume uh, it just kind of happens it just kind of flows but your brain is doing a lot of activities it's not just uh, uh, sitting back and waiting for your fingers and in the case of drums your feet to do the same thing so I think that's pretty cool well let me give you a proper introduction here Alex Berg races and represents Mazda Motorsports USA in the NASA Spec MX-5 series. He started racing just five months after receiving a go-kart for Christmas. Racing runs in his veins because his father, Alan Berg, raced in Formula One back in 1986, and he had a career has a career in racing. With a father who is Canadian and a mother being a lawyer from Mexico, his worldly culture is expansive. And in fact, Alex speaks three languages, as we heard, plays three different instruments. Alex has always wanted to be a racing car driver going back as far as he can remember, which really isn't that far because did I mention that Alex is only 14 years old? We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Alex, but first a word from our valued sponsors. They make the show possible, so give them a listen. Keep your seatbelts on. We're going to go have a fast ride today with Alex Berg. Sit tight. 
Did you know Covercraft offers you much more than just car covers? They have quality protection for the inside of your vehicle as well. Their plush, custom-fit floor mats turn any ride into something special. Or choose Premier Berber Custom Floor Mats, a favorite of mine. If you want something very stylish and pretty unique, Covercraft Floor Mats are quality-made and provide your ride with the ultimate protection from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, and slush. And those occasional spills. Don't forget your vehicle's trunk area. Their Carhartt custom cargo liners not only look great, but keep your rear cargo area and seats protected. Custom fit truck liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect to protect the factory carpet from all those things that can stain and damage your vehicle. All your options are quality made, easy to use, secure to the floor, and look oh so good. Check out Covercraft.com for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for a custom fit today. And have I got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 120 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code yeah 120 Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. All right, Alex, we are back. And as we continue on this journey that I'm going to call your life, I would love for you to share with me uh, perhaps a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. I like to say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking a little bit here on Cars. Yeah. So, Alex, I know you love to drive. So take the wheel. For me, what I believe in is that work as hard as you can while you are off track so that it can benefit you uh, while you're working on track to make that shorter. Work as hard as you can off track so you can work as little as possible on track. Absolutely. So give me a couple examples, Alex, of all the work that you're doing off track that benefits you when you jump in that car and tighten up the seatbelts and and go for a drive. Well, it it applies to really everything that it takes to be a racing driver, marketing, skill, how to sell yourself. Because in a way, when you you work really, really hard off track and you get – let's say good marketing you can attract some partners that can help you with your financial aspect of your racing career you're not so stressed about that if you make a mistake and damage the car you know that you're not right on the limit of barely being able to race in whichever series that you're racing in but that you have a little bit of a cushion so you can really go that five percent more while you're racing door to door or wheel to wheel it can also mean that if you're needing for improvement, which every driver is always uh, needs a little bit of an improvement, never going to stop, work as hard as you can off track, um, such as looking at data, looking at in-car video, going on track walks, uh, everything that applies to how to go faster on track. When, when I look at data, I analyze it, analyze it, analyze it to the point where I don't go out on track and think, okay, in turn five, I need to break later and turn in sooner it's just imprinted into my mind i visualize i look at the data think about okay i'm doing this wrong and what would it look like if i'm doing it right i visualize it so when i go out on track i don't think about it and it's just naturally implemented into my driving i have a feeling alex that you're a bit of a high achiever Uh, it's just a little inclination that i have here about you i mean considering the languages you speak the instruments you play and just how articulate you are your father being a race car driver back in the day, I would assume he's probably shared with you things were very, very different back then than they are now. And the fact that today you have to be so much more than just a great driver, 
adds a lot of burden. Do you find that being a lot of burden or do you find that it just kind of is interesting and rounds out the kind of person you are and the kind of driver you are? Advice that I get from my father is a lot more based off of marketing because that really hasn't changed in the sport. Maybe it's gotten a bit tougher and maybe it's more than just putting a sticker on the car for some cash every race weekend. It's, it's more than just that. My dad's helped me a lot with that. But uh, I've just been go-karting for the past few years. And, I mean, well, go-karting has changed extremely. Uh, from, from in the 70s when my dad raced go-karts, it'd be like full lock sliding around the corner. Completely different driving style. Completely different motors. Everything was different. So we run with a team and uh, for tuning advice. And my dad helps me. Uh, but when he has a racing school at Laguna Seca, and whenever I go there his experience applies more to cars because cars haven't changed as much as go-karts. Well, pretty nice advantage to have a dad like yours uh, in the house to offer some advice and some direction and so forth. Obviously, a lot of support and mentorship. Well, let's talk about the latest thing that's happening in your life, this Mazda Motorsports USA, the NSA Spec MX-5 series. I mean, it's a tremendous uh, stepping stone for you of where I would assume you want to eventually be in professional racing from go-karting to jumping in a real car. Uh, Nothing unreal about go-karts, though. I I watch some of you guys in go-karts and I'm like, Oh my gosh, these guys are going fast. Absolutely incredible. So what has you excited about the Mazda Motorsports Series and racing in that series? And what are your uh, your hopes and aspirations for the coming new year? Because thank goodness 2020 is almost over. It's been a tough year for sure. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I want to look forward just like you do as a race car driver, out the windshield, down the track, what's coming up way down the corner. So tell me what has you excited and fired up about the coming new year? Well, I'm just very thankful and very excited for the fact that 2021 will be my first year as a race car driver. And not a lot of race car drivers in the lower category can say this, but my father is not paying paying to race in the series. I was selected out of 18 people, uh, 18 of the best kart racers in North America, to be uh, a a candidate for the for the Mazda shootout by. Um, some high carding people, uh, Rob Howden and David Cole from eCarding News. And then from the 18 people, um, they would all have to send in a business proposal and a brief bio on themselves, about six or seven pages, uh, to Mazda Motorsports. And then through there, uh, Mr. David Cook and a few others would decide on, out of the 18, uh, which 10 would actually go to the... Uh, driving shootout at road atlanta to compete for the two scholarships and i was one of the 18 drivers actually the the week that the uh, business proposal and video was due i was in the hospital what? because i yeah i had to get my appen- appendix taken out oh my gosh oh my gosh my son so, went through that that is no fun at all yeah no it was, it was, it was my first time it's first surgery first time getting put under anesthesia and I had to do my uh, video, like I had already sent in my business proposal, uh, but when I was going to do my video, I was getting prepared for it, and then all of a sudden my stomach started to hurt, and it was different than anything else before, so I told my parents, and then we drove to the hospital, and then stayed there for a few hours, and then got told I had appendicitis, and the next day I got my surgery, and then a few hours after I sent in my video. So you, did you do your video from the hospital bed? Yeah, I did. You, yeah, I, did. I was joking. You actually did that? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, that's incredible. I mean, I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's no fun at all to have the anxiety of having to prepare for this. So let's fast forward after that. And what was the process to be able to qualify and then eventually get selected like you did? Um, well, after you sent in your business proposal and video, uh, a few people from Mazda Motorsports USA would then uh, shorten the list from 18. It was supposed to be six to nine drivers, but they couldn't decide. So it ended up being 10 drivers to, that were going to compete at Road Atlanta. And I was one of those 10 drivers selected to compete and it was on the November 16th to 17th. On the first day, it was just, it was mainly, yeah, it was only interviews, no no on-track stuff, just a seat fitting uh, for, the, for the next day. Uh-huh. But it was just interviews and then phone interviews, and you had to fill out a few questionnaires, and just so they could see how you would be in person with someone, how good you could sell yourself. Because to be a racing driver, it's not only... Uh, I can go a second and a half quicker than everyone else on track is about, can you get $150,000 more than anyone else on track? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. How you represent yourself, how you communicate. This is very interesting because most of us who aren't professional racers, we just think about, well, you go out there and drive fast and whoever's the fastest is going to be the winner, but they're looking at a whole nother dynamic here, right? Yeah. Marketing is a huge element. One of the questions that I was asked actually was, he said it was a trick question. I don't really see how. He said, if you could choose one thing that you could have for the rest of your life, and that would be extreme talent of driving and being a very quick racing driver or just being uh, an average speed racing driver but having extreme talent with marketing. I chose marketing because talent isn't something that's for sure going to get you into Formula One or WEC or IMSA. but. I can tell you one thing, money will. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's always been that way with racing for sure. Well, well, that's tremendous. So take us forward again through the next process after you went through all the the sit-downs, the talks, the interviews. You were probably like, when do we get on the track? I knew it was all a part of it. It was actually in the, um, it was Michelin, it was at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. I don't know if I already mentioned that. And they, the kind of interviews was in the pit, I don't know what it's called, I think it's called the Michelin building, right on the side of the track. So you're you're always kind of looking at the track, and it was really cool to look at. It was super green. Well, we went on a track walk with Mr. Max Pappies. He was one of the judges there. Oh, really? On, cool. Yeah, on the first day. Um, I took notes and everything and studied them. I was watching videos for forever as soon as I found out that I was going to be one of the ten finalists to compete. And then for the next day, uh, everyone was already seated in, fitted in the cars. Uh, there were three cars for the 10 drivers, about three to four drivers a car, and they would switch over each session depending on their height. But, um, yeah, it was about four or five sessions. The first two were untimed sessions. Then the next three were, um, like, judge sessions. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't judge you unless you gave them a reason to judge you in the first two sessions, such as putting the car on the wall or spinning, which... Not what you want to do. Yeah. For for me, I kind of viewed it as not only they're seeing how much I can improve as a driver and if I'm taking their feedback or not, but it's still the off-track stuff. So I was working just as hard off-track as I was the day before and I as I was ever, pretty much. Yeah. Because it's never only about how quick you can go on track. It's never only about that. It wasn't like whoever runs the quickest lap time gets the scholarship. It was who, who 
for the on-track stuff, they would judge you if within their parameters, which was to be like consistent, listening to feedback. They're looking for improvement. That was one of the parameters to be selected of the on-track things. Mm -hmm. I had five sessions. The found the car amazing to drive. The track was extremely fun, really scary. So looking ahead to next year, I mean, obviously you were chosen. Uh, did they just choose one person out of that, that initial 18? No, they chose two, which was myself and Bryson Morris. He's a, another kart racer. Very, very cool. So looking ahead to 2021, what's in store for you for the new year and your first year out in, uh, I won't say a real race car, because I look at those carts as real race vehicles in my mind. I mean, you guys are really racing, but uh, your first year in a vehicle, a car. Mm -hmm. Well, in karting, it is real racing, but it's not like the classiest racing. It's not about who is the smart it's it's who can drive the technique of a go-kart the best because if you're fast in one car the chances are that you're probably almost definitely going to be fast if you get put into another car if you're fast in a go-kart it's all up to you if there's no like guaranteeing chance that you're going to be fast in a car you could be very very fast in a go-kart and then very slow in a car or vice versa very slow in a go-kart and michael schumacher in a car so the next year, when you think about 2021, what does that look like to you? Like, how many races? Where are you going to be racing? It doesn't start actually in 2021, actually. Um, oh, no kidding. First, okay. Yeah, my first on-track session will be in Texas in a few days' time to get my uh, NASA racing license to race oh, okay. in the series. And then nothing much until about February. The season schedule isn't announced yet, but it's going to be more towards the West Coast. Maybe there might be one final championship event at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Uh, there will be testing days in between for Bryson and I to get used to the car. Uh, it is a fully paid scholarship, and we will be driving for the Mazda Motorsports USA factory team, Wow! Uh, which will be really, really cool. We'll be the only two cars with the Mazda Motorsports factory team livery. I'm super excited because it's my first year in like racing, really racing re real cars because karting's just different there's a lot more bumping and it's a lot more i wouldn't say dirty driving well if you transfer over karting drivers and put them all in cars it'd, it'd be dirty driving but it's just normal in carts which i think it'd be called nascar yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a little bit well the next year i think has some tremendous opportunities and you know my hat's off to the folks at mazda motorsports for putting a program together like this allowing people to earn their drive if you will and it sure sounds like they made you earn your drive that's for sure you know when we look at my guests here, I always talk about big challenges they face. And you're such a young person. I'm not going to say you haven't faced challenges because you, this whole career through karting and now into cars definitely has been a challenge for you, uh, something that you were up for, no doubt. But um, if you look ahead at your first year racing, your first couple years of racing, what do you see your biggest challenges be? Well, not, not even just looking ahead much because in the shootout, I was the youngest driver. Uh, youngest kart racer out of anyone there and they're all kart racers they're i think there's a person up to age like 21 and i'm 14 so that's like half my life ahead of me uh, yeah years so that was a, a gigantic challenge because they have a lot more experience obviously driving on the road I, I do have my learner's permit but i've only had it 
for a few months since I just turned 14 <laughs> in September. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so, I don't mean to laugh, but it sounds so funny. I've got my learner's permit, but I'm going racing, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's so incredible to me, uh, but it's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was one of the challenges. And next year, it will be a challenge that I will face. But racing, you can't put an age on racing. Racing is a state of life. Now there's a quote. I'm going to write that one down. I love it. That sounds like a Steve McQueen quote to me. So uh, very nicely done. You need to have that uh, uh, done on your racing suit somewhere, maybe embroidered somewhere. I think that would be pretty cool. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about your passion for cars and so forth. So sit tight, keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back with Alex Berg. I found a new way to protect my vehicle. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. All right, we're back now. I would assume your passion for cars probably goes back to starting with your dad. I mentioned in your intro, your parents bought you a go-kart for Christmas, and that was that was the starting point for you. Was that really the pivotal moment, or was there a time when you got, got in that cart and you started driving saying, you know what? I mean, even at a young age, this is something I want to do, like, forever. In my life, there wasn't any pivotal point really whatsoever, because ever since I was born, I've always wanted to be a race car driver. Since the start of my career, I remember one day my, my, my mom didn't want me to become a race car driver. She, no moms do. <laughs> so she was trying to introduce me to so many things. That's actually how I kind of got hooked on music because she introduced me to music as well. One time, I think she took me to a, I think it was a player, 
um, it was the the Nutcracker. It was one Christmas. She took me to go see that uh, here in Calgary, and then she asked me, uh, "Do you like it, honey?" And I said, "Yeah, it's okay. I <laughs> yeah. want to be a race car driver." <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that. I was like two or three years old, and. I mean, I was born into racing. My father pretty much started his racing school a few months after I was born. And my, my first ever time sitting in a race car, I wasn't really sitting in it because I was six months old, but it was one of my father's race cars because uh, there was, it used to be a track in Calgary called Race City Speedway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was at a car show. I kind of got to be lifted into one of the cars and kind of st- stood up in it. Yeah. But I mean, I've always loved racing and there's never really been a point where I've decided, okay, I think I want to become a racing driver because for all my life, it's always what I've wanted to be. And it is what I will become. Well, you're already there, my friend. You're doing awesome. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. I typically ask my guests to share their first special vehicle. You're so young. You don't even have a truck. You have a learner's permit, but a car to drive other than a race car you have to drive. Is that go-kart really the first really special vehicle for you? Or is it this new Mazda you're going to be racing? Well, if you talk about kind of vehicles in the everything aspect, yes, that would be the the MX-5 that I will be racing. I haven't introduced, um, I've, I haven't been introduced to the physical car yet, but I do know what my name for the car will be. It's going to be Bubbles. Bubbles. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, why Bubbles? That's a very interesting name. Uh, I don't know. I just um, there's a there's a TV program that I that I watch. Um, one of the characters is named Bubbles. But okay. Yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to name a car that's a kind of kind of a cool name but if we're talking about something more related to less of an entire aspect and more related to something that's super close in my heart that would be the ok1 go-kart that my parents had bought me for christmas it's in called an ok1 orange cart one. Oh, orange cart okay orange cart one okay well that's pretty cool and that was the one that started it all right Yes. Okay. Yeah, Breeze and Stratton Cadet Junior one. Nice. Oh, I dreamed of something like that. I had to build my own with a lawnmower motor and plywood and stuff. It wasn't nearly as cool as yours, it sounds like. Actually, my first ever experience, Ray City Speedway, I had a go-kart track before it got torn down in about 2012. But my first ever experience in, well, my first ever time driving anything, I don't remember driving it, but I remember driving out of the pit lane. It was a, a two-seater go-kart that my dad had built with someone by the name of Pierre Guion and Joey Guion. Oh. Um, yeah, a two-seater go-kart. It was kind of like two two go-kart chassis welded together. Yeah. And then he had pedals, and there were little steering rods that attached to my pedals. And the same thing with the steering wheel. So it's like, oh, those old-fashioned uh, driver's training cars where they have two brake yeah. pedals. Two, okay. Well, the, the, the brake pedal was connected with the steering wheel. Like, it would go like that. And he had a little thing. The pedal would – he'd actually weld two pedals together so we could push down and then pull off yeah. if I was going, going flat up fast. to a hairpin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, slow down, son. Oh, how fun. Well, I still love the name for your car, Bubbles. I'll have to wait and watch when you're on the track if Bubbles is somewhere on that car. That'd be kind of fun. Here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Alex. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a car, now this isn't what you want to be. This is more how you perceive your personality in some kind of vehicle. It could be a car, a bike, a motorcycle, truck. I've had people, I think one was a submarine or something. I don't know. So whatever it might be. But what would Alex Berg be? And more importantly, why? Um, what's that car that's uh, 
uh, made in Germany that's made of cardboard. A Trabant. A Trabant. <laughs> I'm joking, no. <laughs> I'm joking. No. Yeah. No, I think you're a little more than that. <laughs> For me, if I woke up as a car one day, it would be be an, an, an old car. It would be an elegant car. I've thought about this one long and hard. It's never, never really been asked this question before, but... You started off by saying old and elegant, which is very interesting because I won't say you're not elegant. I will say you're not old, though. You're young. So uh, why are we going down that path? Well, I've been told by many people that I'm I'm an old soul. I got it. I understand. Yep. And I mean, I kind of see that, but I, I, I kind of don't sometimes. But the way that I see things, the, my, my views, my opinions, I, I'm really old fashioned. I Okay. There's a lot of things that I prefer. I'm a manual transmission more than an automatic. I, I, I know how to drive stick. I actually learned in my mom's Toyota Matrix when I was like seven or eight. <laughs> cool. <laughs> in a parking lot. And I just enjoy older things more than I enjoy newer things. Yeah. And when when I say old, I don't mean like 1970s or 80s. I do like many cars, like the BMW 635i, 625i, I always get confused, but one the car that I do relate to the most would be an MX-5, and I'm not saying that because next year I will be racing okay. uh, an MX-5, but I'm saying that because people see it as a 1.6 liter engine or a tiny, not that fast 1.6 liter engine car. But those are the people who know nothing about racing cars or anything to do with like racing. Yeah. Uh, but when you drive them on track, it is the fastest thing that you will drive for a while. The way that it goes around the corners, just the way that you have to drive it, it's 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 kind of nerve-wracking. It feels really fast. Yeah. And when you watch MX-5 races, tra- track limits don't mean anything. It's just like nose to tail, going from side to side to side to side. You see the cars leaning over and like going in the gravel and stuff, and it's really fun. It's it's it looks like really cool. It's it's a style of racing that it has the racecraft of real racing, but at the same time, it's extremely fun to drive. Well, Mazdas have been around forever. I kind of chuckled when you said old being the 70s and 80s. I'm going, oh, man, do I feel old now? 70s and 80s. That's when I was in high school in college. But I know from your perspective, 70s was a while ago. That could be considered old. I think of old cars as pre-war cars uh, before World War Two. But that's my perspective, which is obviously very different than yours. But I like that that answer mx5 you know those cars when they first came out were so cool i worked with a guy who bought the first mazda miata when it came out and i let he let me drive it and i went man this thing is really neat it's just fun you're right not super fast but for the street for a street car you didn't need be but that thing has evolved over years it's been raced for so long it's an affordable way for a lot of people to get into racing at an amateur level and have some fun parts are plentiful so yeah I think that's pretty cool. Good answer there. Old and elegant. I'm just still chuckling because you're such a young guy. Well, for for me, I I don't like pre well like 40s and like pre pre war cars more than I like 1970s or 80s cars. I didn't really mean to say that like old, but like older, <laughs> I, I guess. Older. Yeah. No, I understand. You know, it's all relative to where we are in life. And that's what's fun right now in the collector car market. I'm seeing young people like you and even people that are older, 20s and 30s that are liking and starting to collect cars that uh, were from the 80s and 90s. 
because those are the cars I remember when they were a kid. I remember cars from the 60s and 70s when I was a kid. So that's why I tend to like those cars. It all kind of relates, most definitely. An MX-5, we'll take that as an answer today, Alex. I like it. All right, we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions, get some quick blips of that MX-5 throttle answers from you. So here we go. What's one of your habits, Alex, that you believe has contributed and will contribute to your success as a race car driver? The focus that I have off track uh, at the go-kart track uh, when I'm at race events, one of the only drivers to ever leave the area in the paddock only to get to the grid. I don't like go off and talk to someone. I don't really go off to watch races unless it will be beneficial to me to keep my focus and yeah, definitely. That will benefit you. Now, if you could sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, we'll say the racing industry too, of course, who would it be? That would be Jim Clark. Jim Clark. Yeah. Uh, what's one answer or one question you would ask Jimmy Clark? I know that's a hard one. How could you ask him just one thing? Well, there's just so many. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Exactly. It's like uh, Mazda Motorsports choosing the 10 finalists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it would have to be what it's like driving monaco on the lotus 49 oh that car what a dream car oh my gosh that car is the first car to use the engine and the gearbox as a stress member of the chassis and they still use that today in uh, formula one yeah yeah it was just a brilliant car and one of the most beautiful race cars ever now when it comes to automotive or racing advice i would assume you've received a lot especially having a father like yours What's maybe one best piece of advice you've ever offered that you continue to use? Well, when I started to get fast in go-karts, like, you're not fast uh, right away. In 2018, my first ever, like, at the end of the, at the end of my first day, in my first race in the United States practicing, um, the first practice day in my race in the United States, sorry, I was about 5.5 seconds off, and that was in late 2018. So from there, I'm up front now fighting for wins and pole positions. And the best piece of advice was probably like one third through 2019 when I was on a testing day with my father at Button Willow Raceway, the go-kart track. He said, okay, you're fast, but in the next session you go slow. You're inconsistent. If you find yourself to be fast in a session, don't try to go faster. Just try to repeat what you did. And when you repeat what you did, you're just going to automatically start doing those things better. And then the lap time is going to show. Very good advice for sure. Now there's so many resources these days. I mean, I, as a kid, I could only dream about the resources that you have at your fingertips in this little device called a mobile phone. I mean, you don't know how fortunate you are. You probably do, but I couldn't even dream of such things. Is there one resource that's a go-to for you on a regular basis? Yes, that would be my email. And that is abjr at a-l-l-e-n. B-E-R-G-R-A-C-I-N-G-S-C-H-O-O-L-S.com, AllenbergRacingSchools.com. There you go. Now, see, there's a young marketer mind working for you right there. I love that, Alex. I'll make sure I put that on Alex's show notes page. So those of you listening in a car, a bike, or working out, or however you're listening to Cars Yet today uh, can access Alex. I'd encourage you. He just gave you an open door to reach out to him. Uh, You know, maybe you have something to offer Alex help him out. I think that'd be a great idea or a question you have for him. I'm sure he can answer that question. Or maybe you want him to play you a little tune on his dad's Stratocaster. I think that would be cool too. How about a book, Alex? Is there a book that you've read? I think you're probably a book reader. I get that impression about you. You seem like a very smart young man. Is there one particular book you might want to share today? 
I'm really not a book reader. No? What? <laughs> do, it's about racing. Racing. Well, is there a racing book perhaps you've read? Yes. And I want to credit that book to help me winning the Canadian uh, Rotax Max Challenge Canada Final, which awarded me to a ticket uh, to race in Portugal in the Rotax Grand Finals uh, for Team Canada in carts. Nice. Um, that book would be To Hell and Back Again uh, by Nicky Lauda. Ah. When I when I was uh, at that race weekend, I was really stressed out because my dad wasn't there. Uh, he couldn't attend the event. But I just read that book. Everything relaxed me. And I won every single heat and just won the race. There and you I, go. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Well, Nicky allowed, of course, and sadly, we lost him this year. But what an incredible inspiration for any person, much less a racer of the kind of racer that he was. Talk about a meticulous person, a focused person. I mean, he was really the, that movie was great because uh, he was the antithesis of the party lifestyle that some of the racers were back then. I mean, that wasn't Nicky. He was all about focus and his successes and many things in life certainly played through there. You can find all these resources on Alex Berg's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Alex Berg, B-E-R-G, and that page will pop right up, including his email. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. Now, this is a place you've been many times. You're going to be here many times in your future. I have a great feeling about that. I'm going to fire off a question that might be hard for you to answer, but it's kind of a fun idea because you're about to turn 16. You can get your driver's license. So today, Alex, I'm going to buy you a collector car or some kind of fun vehicle. It could be anything in the world, whatever you'd like to have to park in your garage. This isn't a daily driver. This isn't something to get to the track. This is something I want to be special. In your case, it could be a vintage race car that you park in your garage. You go out and enjoy on the track because you're going to be spending a lot of time on the track in your future. But there's a couple rules to this game that my listeners know. And a smart guy like you would probably do this. He'd probably pick the most expensive car and then fund his racing career uh that won't work here today alex you got to keep it so if you pick a ferrari dto you're going to be keeping a ferrari dto but i want it to be something you can drive so it needs to tick a couple boxes for a guy like you so what am i going to buy for the great alex berg today well it's blue it comes it's blue from okay fast and it's not my car but it's my dad's it's his 1986 osala fa1g Okay, now this is very interesting. Tell me more about this car. It was the car that he raced in Formula One. Okay. Uh, owned by Enzo Sella. Um, his teammate Piercarlo Ginzani also raced the car. That's how, that's how I like found out about Formula One when I was like three or four. Yeah. My dad raced in it, and then I asked him to, well, what did your car look like? How fast was it? And then he told me all about it. I, I loved Formula One. I mean, I'd, I already knew I wanted to become a race car driver before then, but I didn't really know what kind yeah, and then, then it was for, then it was Formula One, and now I want to win the Triple Crown just like Mr. Jim Clark. <laughs> no kidding. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, I have no doubt that you're on your way. Does that car still exist? That car your dad raced? Yes, it does. Well, his teammate Piercarlo Ginzani owned it here in Italy, uh-huh. and then I, f- I think a few years ago he had sold it to someone. But yeah, the the car still does exist. It does. Okay, so it's out there. Well, good. Then I can go find it for you. So all it takes is a big check. We got lots of big checks here at Cars, yeah, so no problem at all. Alex, you've taken me on a really great ride today. You know, I want to do a shout-out for Doug Stokes. Become a good friend. He's so 
nice. He brings me some of the greatest guests here. He's the one that said, you know what? You got to talk to this young man. He's going to impress you. And today you did just that, Alex. You've taken us all on a really fun ride. Very great inspiration at your young age. I want to thank you for sharing. You're just kind of on the beginning cusp of this amazing journey of your life. Now, before I let you uh, drive off into the racetrack in your dad's old Osala, which would be pretty cool, I have a feeling maybe someday you might be get to jump into that car. What's one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer my listeners? No matter how impossible it may seem to you, no matter how hard, no matter how little experience you have in something, if you really, 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 really believe and think to yourself every day, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be this. This is, this is what I want to do. It's going to happen. And I know that from experience. I remember October 13th is when Mazda Motorsports had a call with the 18 drivers and uh, kind of outlined what we had to do, write a business proposal and write in a video. After we hung up, I asked my dad, what's a business proposal? <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea what it was. And I was the youngest by like a, a quite a bit. And I was like really scared. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. But I just spent lots and lots of hours on it and I didn't stop. And then like halfway through writing it, I was like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to be. I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to be a race car driver. I'm going to be a race car driver. And I kept thinking it, thinking it, thinking it and became a reality on November. Congratulations. You know, it reminds me of that great book, Think and Grow Rich. The idea of the power of the mind, the power of positive thinking, the power of surrounding yourself with great people and uh, believing in yourself. So uh, kudos to you, young man. What are the many ways people can keep up with you? Uh, I have many different social medias. My main username will be Alex8ERG. My number, my racing number is eight and kind of found a cool little way of replacing the B in my name yeah. with eight. Yeah, that, you just search up that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find my LinkedIn, uh, Alex Berg. Great. Yeah. All right. I'll make sure I put links to all these so you can keep up with this young man. You know, if you're somebody out there that might be interested in sponsoring racing, getting involved in some way in a professional level, hey, here's a guy that could use your help. He's going to get there either way. But uh, if you want to follow a winner, Alex is the guy to team up with. I'll make sure I put all those links on the show notes page. And again, a huge shout out to Doug Stokes for introducing me to you or to you today, Alex, which has been great. You can find everything on Alex's show notes page. Alex, I have no doubt you're going to be a great success in life. Uh, thank you for sharing your incredible journey. You're just starting, young man. Uh, congratulations, everything you've done. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So, what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. 
It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYA today. Cheers! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!